My goodness, Calvary, can we thank God for Calvary Worship and special guest Jabari Johnson? Y'all out there acting a fool today. I saw brothers dancing that I ain't never seen dance before. Everybody just grooving and moving, and I love it because we're worshiping the King and we're celebrating freedom today. Let's thank God for the freedom experience. It is a joy to be with you today. It is a special day. Our lead pastors are away today, much needed time away, and they're just speaking life into some friends of ours. How many thank God for our lead pastors? Man, I love them dearly, and I'm just excited about being a part of this vision. This 4th of July Freedom Experience is a special day. Looks a little different, but it feels good, amen? Today, we're talking about real freedom, eternal freedom, a freedom that only God can give. So real quick, turn with me to the fifth chapter of the book of Galatians, and we'll get there in just a moment. While you're turning and lift up your hands, I just want to make a simple declaration. Father, I thank you that I am free. I've spent some days in bondage, in fear, not knowing who I was and what was available, but you sent me to a place that preaches the gospel. And I can declare that this revelation of what you've completed, what you finished on the cross for me, has truly set me free. And I know that's the story of many, but today we simply say, thank you, Jesus, for setting us free. Clap your hands if you agree with that simple declaration. Well, this weekend, families and friends are gathering, neighborhoods and communities are putting together events, hopefully offering good vibes and lasting memories. And of course, many of Americans are mobile this weekend. They're using their post-pandemic liberties to travel to destinations all over the country to celebrate independence. Now, we have this freedom that we're celebrating today, especially national freedom, because of brave men and women. So I want to take a moment to simply ask a question. Is there anyone here serving or you have served in the armed forces? Would you wave your hands? Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, National Guard. Come on, do me a favor. If you raise your hand, once you stand real quick, we want to honor you. We cannot celebrate national freedom without celebrating your bravery. Come on, look around. Look at the soldiers standing up. Because of you, your love, your dedication for this country, we rejoice in today. Come on, let's keep clapping for them. Look at them. Boy, y'all look sharp. I see Brother Norris in the back. I know you was a sharp soldier back in the day, weren't you, boy? <laughs> you may be seated. Father, we thank you so much for the brave men and women that stood today. We bless them and we honor them today in Jesus' name. Amen? Well, we're celebrating our national freedom and as, as wonderful as it may be, as believers, clap your hands if you're a believer. As believers, we've got to remember that the things of this world are only temporary. No nation, no matter how powerful, how great, how brave, even these United States is going to last 
forever. If you don't believe me, let's look through history and survey nations like the Egyptian Empire, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Greeks, the Romans, the Ottomans, the British. We have to keep in mind that no matter how great or large or expanding a nation or superpower may be, it is temporal. But there is, however, an ultimate eternal kingdom, an everlasting kingdom, and that is the kingdom of God. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 7 says there will be no end to his kingdom. There is one ultimate kingdom and one ultimate king and his name is Jesus and Jesus offers a freedom that no nation could give, no superpower can give, no army can give and he is bringing his earthly plans and he is establishing them for his kingdom purposes. Aren't you glad you're a part of that kingdom also? Aren't you glad you're a part of an eternal everlasting kingdom and Jesus is the king. I will say this, I will say this, and I'm speaking from personal experience. In regards to a kingdom or a nation that is on this earth, I believe in my heart that the United States is the greatest kingdom on the earth. I've had the privilege to travel on short-term mission trips all over the world, 11 different countries, and I'm here to tell you that we're not perfect, but I'm proud to be an American. Amen? We're far from perfect, but I'm proud to be an American. But sadly, in this free country, with all these personal freedoms, there are millions of citizens that are living in bondage. There are millions of believers who are not walking in their freedom. Millions of citizens, American citizens, that instead of walking in freedom, they're living in bondage. Bondage is like this one, drug addiction. Can I give you some numbers today? Close to one million Americans are addicted to meth. Of that, 16,000 of them are from the ages of 12 to 17. And you want to know why we want to send kids to kids camp and students to students camp. And why we invest in the five. Because we don't want any of these numbers to invade this next generation. We are preaching the gospel because we're giving options of freedom instead of options of bondage. You want to know why you give? Because these numbers are real and we are on assignment to snatch people out of these addictions and remind them of who they are in Christ Jesus. That's what this weekend is all about. Close to 5 million Americans are regular cocaine users. 130 Americans die every day from an opioid overdose. Let's talk about another bondage, the bondage of financial distress. Did you know that 70% of Americans are dangerously close to major financial trouble in America? What about the bondage of pornography? About 200,000 Americans are classified as porn addicts. 40 million of them, 40 million Americans regularly visit porn sites. Half of them are married. 
What about the bondage of depression? 17 million Americans confess to having at least one major depressive season in their life, at least one major breakdown. These are Americans I'm talking about today. And for the record, these statistics, the numbers that I'm reading off today, all of our locations, we're going over this. Guess what? These are pre-COVID numbers. We found out that these numbers in the areas of these four bondages have skyrocketed post-COVID. So why are so many free Americans living not-so-free lives? I believe that a brief look into the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Galatians can help us answer this extremely important question. The book of Galatians was written about 50 A.D., and it was written to the churches in a region called Galatia, which is actually modern-day Turkey. We celebrate today the nation of Turkey because two of our GCCM families are missionaries posted in the nation of Turkey. Because of your generosity, we're able to pour into the nation that we're reading about today. So the gospel is spread to this region, churches sprung up, and Paul is taking on an issue that was plaguing this young church. The issue was this. If Christ has set us free, then how does this apply to everyday life? Questions started to spring up. Am I really free? What am I free from? And what am I free for? This weekend, we're celebrating the reality that we live in a free country, at least for now. But an even greater reality to celebrate is the freedom that we have in Christ. So on this 4th of July Sunday, we've called this the freedom experience. So I want to answer three very basic questions concerning our real freedom. Number one, am I really free? And the basic answer to that question is yes. But how many know it's more difficult than that? This freedom was not secured by a nation or by a military. It was secured by Jesus, the Messiah. He said in John chapter 8, verse 36, if the Son sets you free, then you really will be free. I like King James. King James said, if the Son sets you free, or he who the Son sets free is free indeed. At the heart of the question is the bedrock of a biblical concept called the justification by faith. We are justified before God. That word justified means to be declared righteous, to be declared not guilty, to be declared entirely pleasing to God. This is a clapping moment right here. You ought to be rejoicing because in Christ, every single one of us who believe we have been justified. We're not declared righteous by our works, but by Jesus and his atoning, finishing work on the cross. If you have received the life of Christ by faith, you have received his atoning death on the cross, then yes, you really are free. You are free for real. You are free indeed. You show enough free if you've accepted the life of Christ. You are free in your spirit. You are free in your heart. You are free in your soul. And you've got to renew your mind so that that freedom floods into every area of your life. You ought to be desiring to be so free that everybody around you get free. You ought to be desiring to be so free that when people look at your life, they get a hunger. They get a thirst for the 
the freedom that you are walking in. You ought to be so free that you don't, it doesn't matter what you've been through, what you've walked through, what bondage held you in the past, the freedom that you experience right now is the freedom that we're celebrating today. This freedom supersedes every statistic. This freedom supersedes every study. This freedom supersedes every diagnosis that highlights my bad behavior, that highlights my humanness, that highlights my proclivity. I'm here to tell you that I'm so free that my past doesn't matter anymore because the freedom that I have in Christ brought me out of what I was in and placed me into new life. I know this is Freedom Weekend, but I feel like preaching today. I'm a little excited about my freedom because I remember what it was like to be bound. I remember what it was like to be in darkness. I remember what it was like to be lost. I remember what it was like not to know who I was in Christ. But now that I know, I can't help but celebrate this new freedom that I'm walking in. So how does this freedom apply to my life? The answer may be found in our next question, number two, what am I free from? Let's talk about it today. There's a lot of things that I'm free from in Christ, but I want to focus on the three main issues. Number one, I'm free from the penalty of sin. Woo! Y'all might have to give me a moment. I feel like shouting today. I got my thumper shoes on. I might have to cut a rug today. I'm free from the penalty of sin. When Jesus hung on the cross, the last words he declared were, it is finished. John 1930, you remember that? The Greek words used to make up this phrase literally mean paid in full. In that day, the term paid in full was used in commerce, in business transactions, and it was a legal term. For example, if you purchase goods in the marketplace, you will receive a bill of sale that would have the words paid in full. That means you take the goods, the price has been paid, they belong to someone else. Now they belong to you. I'm going somewhere today with this illustration. If you had been thrown into jail or prison, the authorities of that day would record your crime and the penalty that your crime deserved. They would put it on a parchment. But once you had done your time, oh my God, they would now take the parchment and they would write on that parchment paid in full, which means that you are now set free from all captivity that the punishment required or that the crime required. You are now free from it because the debt has been paid in full. So when Jesus on the cross declared that it is finished, he was declaring that the payment for my sins were completely and perfectly paid. So if you are in Christ, you have been 
purchased and you have been redeemed from the punishment of the sin, the debt has been paid in full so you ought to be walking in the freedom that was purchased for you that was paid in full on the cross. I'm celebrating freedom today. I don't know about you, but it was paid in full. That means the enemy can't bring it back up no more. That means the enemy can try to reiterate it. The enemy can try to voice it to me, but because I know the price has been paid and the penalty has been taken care of through Jesus, you can never punish me for what Jesus already paid for. We're celebrating freedom today. Somebody shout, I'm free. I'm free from the bondage of sin. Let's look at our key text today, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Christ has liberated us. Why? To be free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to the yoke of slavery. The freedom Jesus secured for us with his blood is intended to keep us from being slaves to any sin or bondage again. I'm not talking about sinless perfection. No, no one is perfect but Jesus. But what I'm talking about is being in bondage to the fleshly desires again. What am I talking about? You are free from the bondage of fear. You're free from the bondage of drugs, alcohol, sex, food, social media, any bondage that is controlling you other than the influence of the Holy Spirit. If you are in bondage, if you're caught in the snare of an old habit, this is not what Jesus saved you for. This is not what he died for. He wants you to experience all freedom in every area. He wants you to experience the joy and the peace that every believer ought to walk in. He wants you to embrace the freedom that Christ died for, to secure for you. You're not only free from, but you are free for. I'm free from the burden of the law. When I say law, I'm not talking about the rules and laws of the land, of our country, state, or region. I'm talking about the Old Testament law. I'm talking about the law that represented the Old Covenant. You are free from that burden. You see, there are those who believe that the law is what is required to be justified before God. There are those who believe that to be saved or to be in right standing with God, you need faith, yes, but you also need something else. You need to keep and obey the Old Testament law of Moses. And the inescapable reality of this doctrine is that when you believe this, you are declaring that the blood of Jesus was not enough to set you free. There are still those today who believe and who walk under the burden of the law. People still believe that they must do something extra, that they must add to the saving grace or work, finishing work of Christ. And it's being preached every week in pulpits all over America. But the problem is, this position requires that one must accept that Jesus' atoning sacrifice and our genuine faith in that sacrifice is not enough. 
It suggests that we must do something to add to what Jesus already did. It suggests that we must now perform what we call dead works. Dead works is anything you do to try to earn God's love, to earn his acceptance, and to earn uh, what he has already given through Christ on the cross. We are already loved, we're already accepted, and we're already approved. Let's see how Paul talked about this with the Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, he says, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is a gift. It is God's gift, not from works, not from works, so that no one can boast, for we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus. Why? For good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. Notice, not dead works, but good works. We're saved by grace through faith. It is a gift. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. It is a gift. And that's why this message is such good news. We don't earn it. We simply what? Believe it and receive it. Clap your hands if you believe it and receive it today. So here is my finishing statement for this point. It's not Jesus plus. It's Jesus period. No more adding to the finished work of Jesus. It is no longer Jesus plus the law. It is no longer Jesus plus my works. It is no longer Jesus plus my religion. It is no longer Jesus plus my performance. It is no longer Jesus plus my this or that. From now on, I declare it is Jesus period. Enough said. It is over. It is done. I'm not adding anything to it. Here it is. Let's go to that third one real quick. What am I free for? Let's spend a little time on this one before we go into a moment of generosity. Look at Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. It says, for you were called to be free. You were called to be free, brothers. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another. How? Through love. There it is right there. What am I free for? The higher path is the path of humility, the path of serving others, the path of loving others. The more I awaken to the love of Jesus, the more I want to love and serve others. At Calvary, we use our freedom as sons to love and to serve one another in love and humility. That's a clapping moment right there. That's what we're about. That's what we use our freedom for. Jesus gave us a beautiful picture of servanthood in John chapter 13 when he washed his disciples' feet. And by the way, scripturally, this is known as the ultimate sign of servanthood, to wash someone's feet. So let's close out our freedom experience by taking a look at the example that Jesus demonstrated for us. We're going to briefly look at two things that Jesus teaches us about servanthood in John chapter 13. Jot these down. Number one, I use my freedom to serve others in love. I use my freedom to serve others in love. To be a son of God, we serve, and to serve is to love. Jesus deeply loved his disciples. 
That is what motivated him from start to finish. Those years of ministry represented servanthood. John 13, 1 in that B portion says, having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. That's quite a statement. That's what Jesus was all about with his disciples. He was showing them that the full extent of his love was to serve. Think about this. He had already loved them in many ways. He chose them. He taught them. He developed them as leaders. He did miracles for them. But here it says the full extent of his love was not those things that he did. The full extent of his love was his act of servanthood. How do you demonstrate love? Through serving. 1 John 4, 19 says we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. So it starts with love. His love is what fills our motivation tank. His love is what helps us to get a revelation that if he loves you unconditionally, then he gives you the power to love others unconditionally. When you experience his love, you got to understand that he loves you no matter what. So now you have the freedom to love others no matter what. Here it is right here, y'all. We use our freedom to serve others in humility. The biblical word for humility simply means to stoop low. In fact, in the Old Testament, this is exactly the picture God uses to express what grace looks like. The closest word we have to grace in the Hebrew, Hebrew language literally means to stoop. And this is quite literally what Jesus did for his disciples. Humility. You know what he did? He stooped low to serve others. Which brings us full circle back to our key text in Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. It says we are to serve one another humbly in love. Here's one of the things that I've learned, one of the things that God has taught me and brought me to a whole new depth of understanding new covenant is that humility is the true mark of a person's character. It is the true mark of a church and it is a true mark of a church that is growing in grace. Calvary, are we growing in grace? Yes, we are. Then we have this nature of humility in us. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but rather humility is thinking of yourself less. And all of us, one season, one measure, one moment, we've been forced to think of ourselves less and think of others more. What do we use our freedom to do? We use our freedom to make some powerful declarations. We use our freedom to walk in a whole new level of authority. We use our freedom to walk in a new realm of confidence. We use our freedom to live the life that Christ has called us to live. As we close out this freedom experience today, I want you to know that you are free. Come on, lift your hands if you believe that today. You're free. You're free. You're so free today that you can heal those who are broken and you can give and partner with us to take this gospel to everyone, every day, everywhere. You're so free that you can partner with us to put gospel circles in every city. You are so free that you can partner with us to send kids to camp. You are so free that you can partner with us to change lives locally and globally 
we can help set others free. Calvary, here's something that I hear from our pastor often, and I believe it. Only free people can set people free. So let us use our freedom to serve others in love and humility. Father, I declare today that we are free from every bondage. We're free from the bondage of drug addiction. We're free from the bondage of financial distress. We're free from the bondage of sexual addiction. Free from the bondage of, 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 of financial distress. We are free from every single bondage. We're free from depression today. Any belief, any doctrine, any tradition, any ritual that leads to dead works, I declare today that you have the victory over it in Jesus' name. You are free. You are an overcomer. Walk it out in Jesus' name. Clap your hands for freedom today. Come on, church. Put your hands together. Woo! Pastor Kareem, what We're a free. word. We're free. We are free. Not only are you free from something, church, but please hear me. You're free for something. Yes. There's a reason why God plucked us up out of bondage. As a matter of fact, Calvary, uh, you can prepare your giving. Uh, very quickly, we're going to dismiss you. You can give digitally. You can give with an envelope directly in, in front of you. Pastor Cream, you know, at the elders meeting um, that we had this past week, there was an interesting thought that somebody brought forward that fits with your point number three. It's this idea of as we're in bondage, we're very needy. We're needy people. As we're growing up, we're very needy, right? You want to know what a sign of maturity is? When you're needed. You go from being needy. Hello, child. If your prayer request is always... I need, I want, I need. That tells you something about your maturity. But when folks all around you are looking to you to supply, you're mature. You got kids looking at you. You're needed. And I love this idea because it says, what am I free for? And you brought up Galatians 5.13. Let me just remind you, it says, for you were called to be free, brothers. Only don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Watch this. But serve one another. The highest calling we have, Pastor Curry, is to elevate somebody else. Is that not what love is? Yeah. How could I better you? Right. Calvary, you're needed. You just heard from Pastor Kareem, from, from our missionaries in Turkey, from our GCCM members in Nepal. Oh, wow. You're needed. You're funding. You're helping. They look at you and say, we need you. I'm telling you, Calvary, we need you. In fact, we need you through the whole month of July, through all of the summer months. We need you to continue to push forward. Could I have our hosts come forward at this time? And we want to give. We want to give by faith. We want to partner together because I'm telling you right now, this world needs what we have. The life, the light, resources that's going across the globe. Pastor Kareem, could you pray for the offering this morning? You know, one of the realities, Pastor Chris, that really blessed me Monday night at this meeting yeah. is because I had to make a declaration personally. Yeah. I'm no longer afraid to be needed because I know that as a son, there is an eternal supply. Yeah. And I don't have to be afraid to give 
I don't have to be afraid to bless others thinking that that's the end of my reason. Actually, I love being needed because if God can get it through me, he'll make sure that it gets to me. It's a privilege. It is an honor and it is a sign of walking and growing in grace when you accept the reality that you're needed. Father, I thank you that I'm no longer afraid to to be a supplier because you have given me all that I ever need. I simply believe it. I receive it. I am not afraid to bless others, but I celebrate it in Jesus' name. Bless every giver today. Let us walk in this confidence of our freedom in Christ and our new identity. We are generous givers in Jesus' name. Amen. Hosts, you may serve the people. Sing Calvary, thank you for your generosity today. Thank you so much for believing and trusting and walking by faith. Great things are happening locally and globally because of you. We celebrate you today. Can we stand real quick before we dismiss? I want to remind you that right after this, we've got food trucks. The party continues. We are celebrating freedom today. Food trucks are out there. Games and prizes are out there for the kids. No 5 p.m. today is going to be online. Let's have fun together today as we celebrate our freedom. Lift your hands real quick. Father, I thank you that you called us to this great mission. It is a joy. It is an honor. It is a privilege to do life with these amazing family members today. For those that are here for the first time, I pray today that you touch their hearts, that you will remind them of who they are in you. And for those of us who've been hearing this message for years, we simply walk it out in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You are. We encourage you to live generously and give generously. You can do that right there online on our app by searching and downloading Calvary Church CC. You can give on our website or you can text to give by texting Calvary IRV followed by the amount to 77977. And I encourage you to set up your recurring giving. Calvary, let's remain consistent and faithful in the face of inconsistency.